Before F1, Jeff Crammon cut his teeth on Stunt Car Racer. It's Amigos, episode 349. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Stunt Car Racer. Cool, cool. Aaron, have you ever done any stunts in your car? <laughs> well... I mean, I gotta think about that for a minute. Yes, I would say I have. There was uh, there are several places in Hurricane. If you go fast enough, you can get air. Mm-hmm. And then there's some railroad tracks that you can get some double air. Oh, really? The problem is you duke you lawn dart that sucker on the way down. You know what I mean? <laughs> Tell me where you jump the tracks. Uh, there's a place coming out. Um, Behind proof? No. <laughs> well, no. I mean, yeah, you could do it there, but then you'd be in big trouble. Yeah. They got those big speed bumps back there, too. They took away the fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a place out, uh, uh, it's on between 34 and 60, and there, there's a little road out there that you could go real fast and it's straight and you can jump stuff. In terms of railroad tracks, you can pretty much any railroad track's good to go if you're willing to sacrifice the front of your car, mm. you know, to pull it off. But it wasn't my car, so I didn't care. You know, uh, the right in front of Hurricane Town Elementary School, there are some, there are some, up and down curves like this. Yeah. And if you hit those just right, you almost feel like you're lifted out of your seat a little bit. Do you think, when you were younger, did, were you more likely to do a bunch of dumb crap in a car? Yes. Uh-huh. And did you do dumb crap in a car? Yes. Uh-huh. Can you give me some examples? Well, mine were not speed related because my, my 82 <laughs> okay. Volvo 240 maxed out at around 45 miles per you know an hour. Yeah. I used to not be able to go interstate speed limit. My yeah. car physically wouldn't do I've it. I've been there, brother. I understand. But, but I used to do this thing, okay? Yeah. You know, you turn down, you turn down Chicken Farm. And you go up beside the Wolford Apartments on your right there. You know that, what I'm talking about? I know exactly. The right, yes, that's okay. one of the places. What I used to do was I used to put my car in neutral, take the keys out of the car, yeah. put them on the shelf there above the radio, and then see how far I could drive before I'd have to put the key back in and restart the engine. But that's not real. Oh, that's sort of something. That's not real stunt. I was though, a was bad it? man. That's a lame stunt. <laughs> Like everyone turned the engine off and glided back to the house so their parents wouldn't hear him come in, right? I used to do that. But what's the craziest thing you ever did in the car with the car? Well, I've told you the story about the uh, the, the the Chad reaching in through the ski compartment, right? Yes, yes. So I'm that's probably that's uh, not that crazy. I mean, driving the car, driving the car, man. I you know I am sort of a lame driver. Yeah. I don't I don't often go super fast. All of my dumb stuff I've done just is like, man, I probably shouldn't have gone out in this ice storm when I'm sliding around on the road. That sort yeah, of thing. I understand that. Now, have you, you know, since you haven't done dumb stuff in your car, have you ever been to like one of these like off road? I've been with people that did tons of dumb stuff in their car. Like off road. I, I had a friend in high school. We used to take off down Shaw Lane. Yeah. Okay. I know that. And says. this is this is before Shaw Lane became a lake, and it was at least somewhat passable. Yeah. And we'd hit bumps and stuff in that suspension. This is in a Geo Metro, okay. And the car door sprang open on one of these ju- on one of these jumps, and then we had to bungee it closed from then on. Did you, you break to, the door? Yeah, the door was broken. You had to bungee. You started it in the trunk, the latch in the trunk, and you bungeed it across yourself and onto the door, and that's what held the door closed. Probably should go crazy eight bonkers in a metro. Not in a metro. It's no good. <laughs> Fool. Now I know you've got a good story. Tell me, tell, tell me what's the craziest stunt you've pulled in the car? Well, I used to deliver pizza, so a lot of the crazy stuff I did would involve taking the car. I used to have one of those Grand Ams. 
Remember mm-hmm, those? Mm-hmm. The old style ones? Yep. And those aren't built to go through water, for example. And I'd have to deliver pizza out places that didn't have a road. So I'd get take that sucker off road. I'd be in the creek, you know, going through the grass and the mud. Mm-hmm. I went through two transmissions in my pizza delivery days in that car. Uh, now, uh, now, have you ever been in a real old school luxury car? Uh, yeah. You mean like, like Chad's got? Well, you know, Dan, Da Crab's MTG. Yeah. He had an old Cutlass Supreme in high school. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. And you got in the front seat of this thing. It was like you were sitting down in a couch. Yeah. It felt oh, like those a are physical gr- those couch. Are the best. Yeah. 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 Um, now, I'll tell you one time, I was out, again, out Charlie's Creek. Yeah. Okay. This is the source of all my you stories. You should go out there. I know. And uh, the the road flooded. I was on my way to see professional wrestling at, 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 uh, at, the, at Watt Powell. Okay. Yeah. And there was a big rainstorm, and it flooded Charlie's Creek. And I got to the point where I was right in the middle of a huge, you know, flooded area. And what did I do? I stopped the vehicle. Okay. When you stop the car in the air, and the water goes in through the exhaust, you're stuck. Right. I had to be towed out by a tractor. Luckily, there was a farmer plowing the back forty right next to me. He went <laughs> in and got a chain and pulled me out of there. You so, got lucky, dude. Yeah, Listen, yeah. I'm just looking at the chat here. You can't top what Chris Edwards wrote there. He used to sit the crew car cruise control. Hop in the passenger seat and steer with his left foot, <laughs> acting like he was asleep in the passenger seat. Is that true, Chris? Because you win, pal. I never do think that's stupid. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Let's move on and talk a little bit about this week's game, Stunt Car Racing. Oh, man. Bo, do you remember when we covered this originally back in the day? This was episode 26. Yes. I listened to this show uh, this week just to see what we just to make sure I kept everything in line because I don't want to contradict myself or I'll be killed. Not really. Uh, I haven't changed my opinion on this game, uh, but uh, uh, it's funny how little our shows have changed. <laughs> it really, it's quite, we're still just as dumb as we ever. It's were. quite baffling that this show is from like the first year we were doing this, and it, we've done. I mean, we really have made no progress no, at all. No. It's we've not, regressed. In many it's not times. something to be proud of, frankly. Uh, so. Uh, stunt car racer. I'm going to go ahead and say it. The legendary uh, game uh, here released in, on the Amiga in '89 on a disc, uh, and was coded by the big dog Jeff Crammon. That's Jeff with a G. Mm-hmm. G uh, off, as we say here in the states. He's got the cool, cool spelling of the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's done a few things that we've looked at on the show here, uh, including uh, Microprose Formula One Grand Prix, which is probably would you say that's that? Which is more famous, that or this? It's probably this, isn't it? Uh, well, there's a ton of F1 games, but there's only yeah. one stunt car racer. Now, F1, there's been a million F1 games that he's coded, so yeah. it's it's hard to say which one. I guarantee you, he's made more money off the F1 franchise. Yeah, but stunt car racer really set the it set the bar for his engine. He also did a few. He did the Sentinel, which is another one. Uh, he's done a few other games top of that World Circuit, of course. And he also did something called Bamboozy, or Bamboozle, excuse me. Bamboozle, that's a good name for a game. It is a good oh, name, I like yeah. that. Uh, I, I love this picture of Jeff Cramming here. They've he's got, wearing a Ferrari hat. <laughs> he looks like he's going to go fishing. Yeah, and he looks like he's, he's out in the swamp <laughs> going duck hunting, actually. Yeah. Uh, this was published by MicroStyle. MicroStyle was like the, the adult adventure arm of MicroProse. Who uh, was no, were known for their simulation games? They needed somebody to handle their more uh, arcadey, adult arcadey games, as it was explained. And so this this got released on that label. 
They actually did a few games on that label that we've, that we've uh, looked at. Uh, international Soccer, the uh, ever-popular Oriental Games, which despite the name, that's actually, a, I remember playing that. We're going to try that sometime. Uh, Rainbow Warrior, the Rick Dangerous series, RVF Honda uh, Simulcra, and Xenophobe. All right. So those, those are your games that came off of that batch. Now, uh, this... You know, stunt car racing always amazes me. I should know this by now. But this thing, I always think stunt car racing banned. This is your Amiga game, right? Well, it got released of like 14 million things. Mm -hmm. uh, and according to the, to the big sites, the Amiga version was based on the ST release, right? So we had to suck it up. I've, I've never tried this in the ST, have you? I checked out a bunch of different ports of this. Yeah. And the ST looks, I mean, again, it's another one of these things, identical. Yeah, identical. and I think they're even, you can even cross-play them, mm -hmm. as I recall. Uh, this guy, I was stunned. Here, this, listen to this list, Boat. You've got an Amstrad release, the C64, a DOS release of this. I checked out, man, you don't know life till you've seen the CGA version of Stunt Car Racing. <laughs> it's, it's all not the, like it's a ton of color. The, the, the track... And the uh, and the the ground are pink and the sky is blue. That's all you need. <laughs> There's a Spectrum uh, release, and of course you've got to have a Tandy PC Junior release as well. So both, uh, I know when we first went around this, and I wanted to get to this early. Uh, when we first played this, in fact, we'd done the show. Mm -hmm. It's in the can, and and we did the show, and you played the game. And you weren't as impressed with that game. Tell people why you didn't like it that much. Well, when we started the show, and I mean, this went on for, I mean, almost until this, I think this might have been the episode where I, as soon, soon after we recorded this that I finally discovered what I was doing. Yeah. I used uh, the Xbox, the original Xbox, yeah. when I could. And when I couldn't, I used my own sort of uh, UAE build that was questionable. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I had all kinds of trouble getting this thing to run correctly. <laughs> I had the screen at the wrong aspect ratio. I uh, There was just weird stuff going on, and the thing was choppy as all get out. And I was like, why do people like this game? This game is horrible. It's horrible. It's the 4D boxing of racing games. The, the reason I remember this so vividly is we back in those days, we would record the episode, and then we would, but this doesn't make any sense. Then we would record Amigos play, playing the game, mm -hmm. right? And so we sat down in front of your computer to play the game, and it was running like, <laughs> and I was like, my God, but what's wrong with this thing? And you were like, what? Yeah. I'm like, what is wrong with this game? You're like, what do you mean? I'm like, that's no not idea. right, Boat. It looks like no it looks like butt. <laughs> you know, and so I was telling the boat I was looking for footage to show during the the uh, show today, and so the footage you're seeing now is when Boat first discovered uh, when it was an FSU FSU yeah. and this is the very and he was bragging how much how much how great it was, and this is him. This is actually boat playing. This is being played. They're already burying me in the chat. They're saying that it's the worst, the, the worst playing of stunt car racer. That's oh, ever you didn't see his playing before. Oh, they are burying you. <laughs> yeah, boat. I knew it. I didn't think you did that bad. Uh, so let's talk about this game, boat. Uh, this game is sort of a. It doesn't what it doesn't exactly wow you on the intro or anything like that. It comes up, and you've got your you've got your uh, main menu. Uh, where they give you the option of doing of practicing tracks or doing a circuit or loading, um, and then you get into it. Uh, you start off at the bottom rung of the ladder. Uh, you are just sort of a crash helmeted guy alongside a whole host of wacky characters mm -hmm. that they've got going through all these circuits. And your job is to get as many points as you can uh, during these races with your opponent and to advance to the next 
series. I, I of believe tracks. you get you get two points for a win and one point for the fastest lap. Correct. Uh, so, what did you think of this coming back to it? I, mean, I don't know how much you've played this since we played it back in the day. This is a game I come back to every once in a while. Is it? Uh, especially because in between this, this these two eras. Uh, the Atari 8-bit got a release of uh, Stunt Car Racer, which oh, was yeah. very well received. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. And um, and so you know, when I came back to this thing, I, there there are two things about racing games yeah. that you've got to get right. Okay, one is you've got to have tight controls that feel good. Yeah. And the other thing you need is a sense of speed. Okay. This game manages both of these things very well. Yeah. Uh, I love the way that your race car controls. You know, when I played this, I played this on the Mister this past time, and uh, I had I was sitting in the recliner, I was looking at the TV, and I've got these huge Marantz speakers from the '70s yeah. that I got from Hat Chat. Okay, these things, on them. Yeah. these things are beasts of speakers. Yeah, and the sound is nothing to write home about in this game, but you do get a really convincing sound of your suspension being stressed as you turn. And man, with that stereo, with that stereo separation, as I was turning, I was like, "Man, this is really immersive. This is yeah. really immersive." So I had a blast playing this because, like I said, the sound design for what it is is pretty good. Could it have been better? Yes, but I, like I said, the the whole sound of the suspension as I was taking these turns or hitting things wrong really impressed me. The sense of speed is great, and the controls—you you really feel like you're in control of this vehicle. I mean, I, I'll, I'm going to tip my hand here. Obviously. This is, if this isn't my favorite Amiga game, it's in the top three. I mean, I love this game. I loved it then, and I love it more now because I'm better at it than I was then. Uh, this is the first thing I, you know, I, I did a, a, a A500 Mini stream last night, and the very first thing I popped on was this mm. because I've been playing it this week prepping for this episode and uh, playing on the Mini. It played, it played well. But th this game is a, a study in brilliance that intermingles with simplicity. Do you have uh, a lot of the extra accoutrement that you like to have, like music or like real awesome graphics? No. But what it does, it does perfectly. Mm -hmm. And that is it simulates your car on a race track going around uh, and competing uh, on these crazy tracks. The tracks range from the you know the fourth tier, which are... They're not the. I wouldn't say they're super easy, but compared to the stuff you get later on, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it gets absolutely because here, here, here's the difference between the beginning tracks and the ending tracks. The beginning tracks are structured in such a way that you can floor it, and as long as you don't go off the track, you can win, and you will not you will not destroy your vehicle. Yeah. The later tracks are structured in such a way that when you floor it, and if you don't take jumps at the right speed, you're going to take so much damage that even if you are out in front, you're going to destroy your vehicle by the end of the race. And let's talk about the basics of this game. So you are in a stunt car. You're at you're at the point of view of a driver. Okay, so you're looking over your engine and your front two tires. Across the top of the screen is like a roll bar that you would see in like a Doom buggy or mm -hmm. something. And as you go through this game. Uh, uh, and take damage, you'll see a little crack start to emerge from the left going to the right at the top of the roll bar. Now, it's not a huge deal to have this crack up there uh, because that stuff will eventually go away. But what you also get these are these big, what you call divots mm -hmm. on the right-hand side that are permanent damage that are that will stay with you. And, and they basically start, it's almost like a life bar. It starts taking away from the structural integrity of your car because you can take less damage because they're there. And so the last thing you want to do is take your car and get these. And generally, you'll get these from running off the track. Right. 
which you will do. Uh, and so the, not only do you want to win the race in this, but you want to uh, and maintain control, but you want to take as little damage as possible. And what that means is gauging how far you want to jump, gauging the speed that you hit a ramp on or, or a hill to make sure that you're maximizing your efforts and minimizing your risk. That's the game. Mm -hmm. uh, you could also uh, whack other cars, and you can take damage. Other give cars. That way, other There's cars, always only me, one car on the track. Other car. Mm -hmm. And you can, uh, uh, and, and so you can take damage that way. Uh, in terms of your controls in the game, it's very simple. Uh, your your gamepad or your joystick, left and right, left and right, and then up accelerates. This is one of those games where you don't have to continuously hold up. Yeah, and this is something that means all the difference because a big part of the reason why I felt I was not as good at this game when we played this the first time, yeah. other than the fact that I was playing a horribly emulated version, was that I didn't know that. I didn't know that if you just held up, you will continue to accelerate until you can't accelerate anymore. That makes the game yeah. so much easier. So the, much easier. Yes, and and this is, I believe it was uh, uh, Test Drive 2 was the exact same setup where you didn't have to, you have to continuously hold. Mm -hmm. And it gives you the ability to adjust that, uh, how fast you're going just by simply pushing up or pulling down on the joystick to get to the speed you want. Now, we mentioned you've also got like a, a turbo button or a nitro button. When you hit that, flames basically come out of your engine. You're mm -hmm. you're injecting it with it's, something. It's yeah. the old nitros. And nitro. that, and that, you, and um, the thing about the nitro. Before you go, I'm sorry to cut you no, off. No, please cut me off. I want to talk to you about one of the things that's great about this game. Yeah. Okay. One of the things that's great about this game is that the 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 sort of UI of this game. Yeah. Is all very apparent. Like everything looks like it could be in a car. Or is the car. So, for example, your damage meter being a physical trait part of the car. That's yeah. great. Okay? The nitro, it's more than just speeding up. You see the flames shooting out of your car. Yeah. The uh, the, the miles per hour, it's not just a digital gauge. You see the yellow line inch across the top. Yeah. Okay? All of these things are not things that you see in every racing game. You know, there's a lot of ways that people sort of they. I don't want to say they cut corners, but they don't make it. They don't make the information as immersive as they do in Stunt Car Racer. Yeah. Uh, now, one thing that this game does lack is a overhead map or any kind of a radar. What you do get is you have uh, you have a uh, a digital readout in the bottom of the screen that has numbers that either tick up positive or negative. And you can see if the number is negative, that's the amount of distance that you're ahead of your opponent. If the number is positive, that's the distance they're ahead of you. So you can kind of use that to track where you are in the race. You also have your lap and you have the best time, your lap best time and your current time all right there. Really, this game gives you all the information you need. I wasn't, I didn't find myself missing anything in this. Did no, you? No, here's the funny thing about this game. I don't think I mentioned this before we talked about it. So... Me and the Brent had this, and it was one of our favorites back when we had an actual Amiga back in the day. And the funny thing is, it was in PAL. So we never saw any of the bottom of the screen. Mm -hmm. So for the longest time, I never had any gauges. We just played without them, mm -hmm. you know. And you could and you could do it. You can but, still do but it. But yeah. it was not as easy. So it is comfortable to have this whole thing on the screen. Because, I mean, I'm still not 100% used to not having it on there. But, yeah, the gauges and stuff are great. And you need that. You need this, especially your speedometer, to tell how fast you're going when you hit these jumps and stuff. Because I mean, you, as you get later on in the game, you get you you it's you have to jump at certain levels or you'll die. Uh, again, this thing starts off pretty easy, but you're getting the on up the 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 road in terms of different levels. 
there are some particularly nefarious ones. Uh, the roller coaster, the drawbridge, the stepping stones. Mm-hmm. These are devious levels that have been, or the tracks that were created by cramming to really hose you. And it takes, I mean, just getting around these tracks without falling off sometimes. Right. Like stepping Let stones, alone winning the race. Yeah. I was complaining about that in the first show, and I still complain about it. It's a hard, it's a hard level. The good thing is you can play these whatever you want in practice. How well do you fare uh, when you actually get into circuit? I know it was the first time we played this, and I asked you that. You, I don't think you told me you never won a race. I never won race. a race. So I know you've won a race this week. Yeah, I actually did. I mean, I made it past the fourth division. Yeah. You know, I, I, I did well for myself this week. I felt good about my performance. The trick is with this game, and I don't know if this is something that I just didn't realize the first time through, is that right out of the gate, the, your opponent is going to be using all their nitro. So you've got to use your, your boost right out of the gate. And then once you get ahead of your opponent, it's not that bad. Now, yeah. of course, I'm playing at the very lowest level. Yeah. I'm sure when you get up to rank two and rank one, it's much more, you know, it's much tougher. But I found this game to be just the right amount of challenge at the lowest level where I couldn't just screw around and win. But if I got the lead early and I held it and I didn't fall off the track or do something stupid, I could usually win out. This is one of those games where you feel like you earned the victory yeah. or the defeat. Yes. Uh, I agree. The computer is steady. He doesn't go off the track, but and what, but he jumps off early. But if you but you can catch him and pass him. And once you do that, if you don't fall off the track, you're probably you won't even be a factor. Now I will say a couple times. I would fall off the track, and I'd be pretty well ahead of him. And as the crane lowered me back onto the track, he would hit me and knock me off again. Mm, and the timing no was good. impeccable. We should have mentioned that, that this is a raised track that your car is raised up on by a crane, mm. an unseen crane. But still, it's pretty clever. I was uh, reading that Cram and said that uh, he when he started making this game, this was not where he was going, this raised track. But he started, he was implementing physics and stuff, and he was like the way it felt. But he said the problem was people would just keep driving, would drive off the track and just go off. Like oh. be, and it would get lost <laughs> Like E.T., so just like fly away. The, the, his answer to this was to make this track a raised track. So mm-hmm. you, you're you always on the track. You right. can't just drive can't away. Drive off it, yeah. And which is Makes sense. pretty smart. Yeah. When you go off the track, there are some spectacular wrecks in this. It Never has a game had such spectacular wrecks when they never actually show the car or the wreck. Right. As this game, if you do the wrong thing, like, and I'll give an example, the drawbridge, if you hit that thing uh, at the right level, I mean, it feels like you've been sitting in the orbit. Mm -hmm. You're in the air forever. Yeah, and here's one of my main complaints about this game. Uh, I would love it if they would do, I think Race Driving did this. If you leave the track and it's clear that you're not coming back, it needs to shift to a third-person perspective so you can watch your car, Blues Brothers style, Travel through the air and meet its demise. It's got to have that cool music. Right, music used right. to play during that. Mm-hmm. Do you have what other complaints do you have about this one? Uh, I'd love to have seen more cars on the track. Yeah, you know that only having one opponent is lame. You can see why though. Well, I mean, it's all you can you can always say you know you know technical limitations blah blah. Yeah. blah. I'm just talking about you know what I would have liked to have seen in the game. Because if you only have one opponent, you might as well have zero opponents. Unless you're racing, racing against somebody real. Well, you know? we should, and that's why I want to get to that. Because there, one of the reasons that there's only one opponent, I assume, is because this is one of those rare games, from, especially in 89, way back, where you could have uh, two different computers hooked up to play as opponents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is cross-platform compatible with the Atari ST version. 
which is neat. Yeah. So you could have a Atari ST person and an Amiga person. Now, we actually have done this. Me and Brent did back in the day. It works well uh, with one problem, which is often one person just scoots away and you never see him again mm-hmm. because you're getting... I right. think it murdered. This is not the kind of game. Now, in some races, it can get hot and heavy if you got two good players or two really bad players. But often, you're never you're never going to see them. They're long gone. Uh, so, uh, but it's still neat that they put it in there. The multiplayer. Well, I mean, listen, would we like split screen multiplayer? I'm sure that'd be awesome. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I really feel like. And my other big complaint is I really do not like the way that the circuit works. Um, I think the circuit is confusing. It reminds you, me of, of what you tell me about soccer. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm sure for Europeans, they understand completely just by looking at it for one millisecond what's yeah. going on. What I would like to see is something more akin to Mario Kart, where it's like you've got like you've got maybe two uh, two cups, and you've got each cup has four tracks in it. Yeah. And you say, okay, you're going to get these four, but instead they do like a round-robin tournament, and... To me, it's unnecessarily complicated. You could actually, I will say, you could have eight people. You eight oh, yeah. can play. Yeah, which yeah. is that's a nice touch. Of it course, is. it's all hot seat. Uh, and uh, so, and the computer opponents there are amusing. Now, let me ask you, you because you probably since you got the second circuit or third, depending on how you look at it. Oh, jeez. Uh, can you tell any difference in the drivers? Um, no, I didn't need. No. I couldn't tell. I mean, they look different, but otherwise, I couldn't tell, see a, a difference in the drivers. So, you know, eh, not a big deal, but it's just something that they, since they bothered to you know, give them all different faces and stuff, that's something else. There's not a lot of, this is not a game with personality no. or, or b- bitching graphics. Or, I mean, it is what it is. It gives you what, it does what it says on the tin. I would have liked to have seen, because obviously they, it took some time to draw those caricatures and put them in yeah, the game. Yeah, and they're what not I, bad. What I would have liked to have seen is when you go up against somebody, have them, you know, a little speech bubble appear and have them, you know, taunt you or whatever. Like when you fight somebody in Mike Tyson's Punch Out, I would have liked this. Maybe some sort of betting mechanism. Yeah, would have been there. yeah, that, that would have been, been cool too. That would have been kind of fun. I mean, there are things you can do within the confines because I mean, listen, they've got they've, this is a lot. We see this a lot. They've done the hardest part, mm-hmm. but they forgot about the rest of it. Right now, since this is pretty much a one or two man show, there were uh, there were like there were three people total that worked on this, uh, but Jeff Kramer did the, the lion's share of it. So I mean, I'm gonna you know it is '89 and this is a tour de force. You can't rag at them too much because no. it's so good. But, I mean, these are things they could have done uh, differently. Uh, you know, we we didn't mention this, but we probably should. Is that uh, So, here it is. You've got this game. Uh, people wanted more. And so, they gave them more, sort of. Uh, some people hacked in, basically, another version of this called Stunt Car Racer TNT. Also, that was not an official release. I, as far as I could tell, that was not an official okay. release. Uh, and so, you've got uh, uh, different tracks in that. Yeah, it's eight, uh, eight new tracks. They're really, I've found them difficult. Oh, yeah. They also changed the color of the of the tracks. They're for people that have already mastered the uh, the, yeah. the, the, the first tracks. Uh, and on top of that, if you get if you end up finishing and winning the uh, the four included uh, sections with with all their tracks, there's a super tr- uh, circuit, mm-hmm. which I never saw that. Mitsuyama actually has gotten there. He was posting some, uh, some pictures of it in the Game of the Month chat, uh-huh. or Game of the Week chat. And so Mitsuyama is a so good hand So that's what that was. Yeah, yeah I yeah. saw those. Um, we, uh, did we get any Discord on this thing, Bo? Yeah, man. We did. We did. Um, so this thing, uh, we got probably more reviews. I'm glad that we didn't have too many magazine reviews to cover this month because we have, we certainly, the community has made their thoughts known on this thing. And we're going to start things off with Alien Breeder. And he says, 
This was the game that had my console-loving buds clamoring to come over and play. There were many a summer night when we all gathered round the 1080s like a graven idol. The speed, the amazing 3D, the jumps, the game had it all. Even today, despite the primitive 3D by today's standards, the game is still quite enjoyable. Even the C64 has a great version. Overall, 8.5 out of 10. We should probably talk about the different versions. I had a chance to check them out. I checked them all out, Aaron. Okay. The, uh, the There's a ZX Spectrum version. Looks okay. You yeah. know, runs a little bit slow, yeah. but it's not bad. Uh, the Amstrad version, dog. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. As usual, Amstrad's getting screwed. Yeah. We know they could have done it. Right. Uh, the, uh, the C64 version... Pretty close to the speed of the Amiga and the ST version, just not there with the colors. Not there yeah. with the colors. Um, the uh, I will say that the engine noise sounds better on this on the C64 than the ST or the Amiga. The, of course, sound reigns supreme on the SID versus the inferior that makes no the Amiga chip. Yeah. No, that thing sucks. Uh, and so, the, overall, in the DOS version, I forgot about the DOS version. The DOS version came in CGA or EGA modes. Yeah. And when you put in the booter, you had to actually type in, like, car EGA, car CGA to load the right version of the game. And uh, the uh, I actually would like to give a chance to the the old CGA version. You're playing in a magenta world with a blue sky. Hey, at least they get the sky right. <laughs> but the game runs smooth. And, of course, there's no sound because it's, it's, it's PC. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, uh, overall, this is a game that you would think would be really difficult to port because it's 3D, you know, it's a racing game. Yes. But... I would assume it would be, But yeah. the ports are all pretty decent. I mean, even the Amstrad version, it's slow, but that just goes to show that when you really have a stripped-down game like this, you can you can make it happen. You can make it happen. It's a shame that the Amstrad always gets uh, owed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lobsterminator writes, one of the great Amiga classics. These days, the low frame rate makes playing it a bit difficult, uh, but back in the day, it was totally acceptable. Even now, you get used to the choppy frame rate after a while, and it's still fun to play. The tracks are well-designed and memorable. Very few games give you the same feeling of epic jumps. Great game. Points reduced only because it was programmed in a way that not even accelerators increased the smoothness. 8 out of 10. Lord Soup writes, a great game, but a little choppy on the FPS front, and faster Amigas don't improve it. A classic that really needs a remaster. Not all games age equally, and Mr. Crammon's one-time pinnacle of Miginess now sound, stands a little awkwardly in a world with true 32-bit Amigas, accelerated boards, and powerful big-box Miggies. Still fun, though. 7 out of 10. Benz writes, A firm favorite of mine from the past. The courses are lots of fun. No matter how many times I'd tell myself that flying through the air was not the way to get a decent time, I still found myself hammering the boost button. The controls work well, even better when you realize 30 years too late you don't have to push up all the time. <laughs> there it is. There are moments of real tension when you put a couple of wheels over the edge of the track and sparks start to fly. That's right. We didn't talk about that. Yeah. That is. that. That's one of the things that makes this game great. Yeah. Those sparks flying and you, you feel yourself. I mean, you feel yourself leaning. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's great. Uh, especially as later courses demand perfect laps. No rubber banding here. Sound is functional, and I remember the noise generated by your engine as you hammer the accelerator while waiting to drop onto the track being the perfect pitch to bring an enraged parent into my room at seemingly pre-natural speed. <laughs> the frame rate isn't going to impress anybody in, t in 2022, but the feeling of taking a corner perfectly and getting straight onto the boost across the finish line is still so satisfying. A great title and still a lot of fun today. 8 out of 10. David Hearn Ryder writes, 
Get your sick bag out and try not to part with your lunch as you bounce your way through stomach-churning tracks in this unique roller coaster-like racer. Jeff Crammon's other games were far more serious affairs, but this one was his fun title. The sensation of racing and jumping your way to victory was nothing like I'd experienced on 8-bit platforms. At the time, the graphics looked utterly convincing, the physics were tops, and the Gray's track was unique. A remake with more opponents and improved frame rate would be ace. 9 out of 10 engine flames. Mm. Level Lord writes, This is one of the first games I played on an A500 when I got it, recommended by every single friend of mine. Fired it up right now just to confirm if I remember this game correctly. The gameplay is, the gameplay is peculiar and fun while the graphics are not something to write home about. Sound effects are annoying. I wish more accurate engine noise is used, especially when you run turbo, like a hissing sound when Mad Max engages Nitro. Not my cup of tea, not my cup of tea, but because everyone else liked it so much, seven out of ten. Ah, you got peer pressure into that score. Jerry Jerry Foberry writes: Never played this before, but it's pure fun arcade action. Tracks are easy to learn, and the gameplay is quick. The physics were impressive to me, but I am a simple man. Added to my favorite <laughs> list for Amiga arcade racers, eight out of ten. <laughs> I can't believe we ever played this before. I know. Bumface Poo Hands, oh, man. right? Making his debut. One word describes Stunt Car Racer. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Flames coming out of your engine? Cool. <laughs> Crazy roller coaster rides? Cool. <laughs> Opponents that look like a wedge of cheese with wheels? Maybe not so cool. Stunt Car Racer also has the thing that games should have. What it's called again? Fun. Why bother with normal racing when you can instead make a game that would be impossible with the real world? That's the question Stunt Car Racer answers, and it makes you wonder why we don't ask these sorts of questions more often with computer games. <laughs> and whilst the, the gaming world has not coined the term frame rate back in the 90s, today, with the wonder of WHD load, you can even give Turbo Mode a try. Just yes. hang on to your hat. Bum face poo hands rating, five hands up. I'm glad you know, bum, bum face beat me to it. But yeah, for those that are uh, don't like the frame rate on this, if you find the right version of WHD low, which I did try this, it, you, it, you can hit F12 and engage turbo mode. Did you try it? I didn't try to engage oh, turbo mode. Oh, let me mode. tell you something. It goes. It's a, it's a, I don't, you know, it's funny. I never really had any problem with the frame rate on this, but if you want it to go faster. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm sort of like lag and frame rate and all this stuff. None of that stuff bothers me. We've done this for so long yeah. that we've our brains <laughs> the lag compensates. <laughs> That's for right. It. I like I welcome the lag. Yeah, <laughs> we, we need help. And finally, Mitsuyama writes: the roller coaster type tracks give you the impression that this game is going to be a straight up arcade racer. Scratch below the surface, however, and you discover quite a sophisticated for the time racing simulation. This, is come, this should come as no surprise considering Jeff Crammon's pedigree. Knowing the correct speed to take the jumps is vital for completing the races with your car still in one piece, but learning the correct braking points and racing lines can dramatically improve your lap times and is essential for beating some of the better CPU races in the higher divisions. It's a fun game in one-player mode, but this game shines when two computers are linked via a null modem cable for two-player racing. Maybe the low frame rate and other issues take some of the shine off when playing it today, but back in 89, this was just marvelous. 9 out of 10. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna go out on a limb here and tell you that playing this this week is the most fun I've ever had playing it. I just loved it. I don't know what, I mean, I never go too far away, but when I said I didn't really put forth effort this week to play it, I just had a blast, and I had a real good time playing it on the mini. Well, I played it on the Mister. I played it on everything. I tell you this, Aaron. You might, you might have. I tried to hide it, but sometimes my console bias barely peeks through. Yeah. 
after playing this game, I was like, man, I'm gonna fire up a real game. I'm gonna play me some Stunt Race FX on the Super Nintendo. Sure. Okay. Where it has the FX chip right. built into it, yeah. I can tell you this. This game is more fun than Stunt Race FX. I never liked Stunt Race. The, and there's another FX game I didn't like either. This was, game, the, the action is faster. Uh, the controls are a million times tighter. Uh, if you are going to play one early 16-bit polygonal racing game, make it this one. And this when, one's a keeper. When they were this both, when they were both at their own release, I know which one was cheaper too. Yeah, because those those FX games were they real were expensive. real pricey. Absolutely. Um, the uh, I looked uh, at the magazine range. We've never seen so many. I'm not going to go through a million of these. There's a ton of them on on, on Lemon. The people at Lemon give this a 8.54, pretty good score. And the average magazine review of three million magazines is 89. So we're looking right around that 89, 90 percentile. And I'd say, yes, sir, 9 out of 10. Yeah. And really, it's 10 out of 10 for me. But if, if I look at this objectively, there's no music. There's no frills. Mm -hmm. There's no options of any consequence. There's... Uh, there are things that you, they're there you could say, I don't like that. But, I mean, it, when it comes to the the, uh, the meat potatoes of the sucker, it's solid gold money boat. Right. Uh, you cannot beat it. Uh, I, like I said, it's one of my faves. So, there you go. Now all-time classic boat. I'm going to take a quick look here on eBay to see how much old Stunt Car Racer is going for. Okay. I'd be interested to see what Stunt Car FX is going for, too. Yeah. Well, Don't we'll, people salvage the chips out of those now? Probably. Yeah. I think I have heard something about that. Or there's yeah. people that can overclock that chip and then put it back in the cartridge. Yeah, I saw something about how that last year. How crazy is that? Yeah. So it looks like there are, some, there are several of these titles up right now all around the $50 to $100 range. Uh, however, uh, I do see the Kicks re-release being currently hawked for $24.88 or best offer from the United Kingdom. So if you want the Kicks re-release, you'll you'll do better uh, price-wise with that. Of course, re-releases are always uh, they're always going to give you more for your money. But Let's get the crap box. Yeah, you get the crap box, which nobody likes. And so, yeah, I will say this is one game that the WHD load will give you. Like if you get the one that has the turbo, that's the one to get. And you could also get the uh, special races, uh, the TNT version. I uh, just looked up a completed listing. Yeah, looks like uh, the latest copy of the original box version sold for about sixty bucks plus twenty bucks shipping if you're in the United States. So we'll say sixty bucks in the UK. So plan on spending about that much at least to pick up a complete inbox. What copy. do you think of the box there, by the way? I like it. I like it. I think it's a cool looking, I think it's some cool art. The box art was done by a fellow named Steiner Lund. Mm. What a cool name. That's Steiner. That sounds like a, 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 a villain in a, in, a, in a Die Hard movie. There's a wrestler, Steiner. The Steiner. The yeah. Steiners. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. got it, man. Yeah, man. I'm what you call a wrestling expert. I can tell. We're going to be ready to go for the next show. So, I'll tell you what else is ready to go, Aaron. And that's Stunt Car Racers. We leave it behind. We need to talk about some retro rewind action. Yes, our good buddy Frank. What's what's Frank up to this week, Boat? Well, you know, we've got a couple videos in our news section of people trying out Frank's various products. Yeah. And there's no better way to decide if a product is for you or not than to have it meticulously taken apart by Amiga experts. And these guys pull no punches. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take a look at both Chris Edwards and the ten minute Amiga Retrocast taking a look at some of Frank's fine products. We're not gonna do a deep dive into any one of his services today, but we just gotta say if you are in need of uh, anything from cap kits to EEPROM burners, 
Uh, he's got you covered hardware-wise. If you want to upgrade your software, you want to install the newest edition of Amiga OS, you can order it from Frank, plus the Kickstarter ROM that goes with it. Or, if you are just a totally hands-off hardware guy, you just want a machine that works, you can send him your machine, he'll turn it around, he'll give it back to you, and it'll be better than ever. His prices can't be beat, and you can save 10% off anything on the site, whether it's C64, Coco, or Amiga, Use the promo code AMIGOS10, save yourself 10%, check out RetroRewind.ca for all your Commodore computer needs. We do appreciate them, and we thank them for being an official sponsor of Amigos. Yes, well said, Bo. It's almost like you're a pitch man. It almost is like that, isn't it? It's unbelievable it? to me. Very well done, Now, sir. we're going to skip right over, Aaron, to the Amiga News. Oh, man, let's do it. Amiga News. All right, Aaron. First off, we're going to talk about a, uh, a kickstarted documentary that has finally seen the light of day. Uh, there's a guy, Stephen Fletcher, and he's made several uh, classic computer documentary films. And this is the Amiga 2020 film. This is the this is the documentary that many feared would never would never be released because he was in the midst of making it, and then the pandemic hit. So all the people he wanted to interview. All the things that he wanted to check out, he didn't get to see. In fact, I was part of one of the last things that he was going to add to the documentary, Amiga Ireland 2020. In wow. In January of 2020. Hey, did you, did you talk to him while he you He did there? interview me on camera. <laughs> I am not sure if I made the final cut. I'm pretty sure that I didn't because, I mean, if, he, if you're making cuts and you've interviewed, you know, Dave Haney, R.J. Michael, nobody wants John Bonacar. Nobody wants a guy that yeah. misspells Amiga. Yeah. On their ch- yeah. No, Bo, you're a luminary in the Amiga community. I'm sure Listen, you get on there. I backed this thing, and I want to be checking it out. I downloaded now it. Now I guarantee you're in it. I uh, I am going to check it out, and if I am in it, you can bet that I'm going to be singing the praises of this thing for, for years on right, end. Well, if you're in it, will you sign my copy? Heck yeah. I'll, I'll sign it even if I'm not in it. I'll hawk that sucker big and crap. <laughs> so anyway, you can that. check this out. You can pre-order it. Just do a search on Google for Amiga 2020 Alive and Kicking. It'll take you to the Kickstarter page, which has a link that you can use to pre-order this when it goes into full production. What do you think? Do you think it's going to be a good one? It's going to be a great one. Very good. I'm glad to see it. I mean, that is, that, the, the pandemic is a many things that screwed up. That's something you don't even think about. Having interviews, stuff lined up, and then all of it goes away. Plus, these people, some people aren't that young. You yeah. never, that could also be a problem. That's so, right. Yeah. I think half the people in this have passed on. It's kind of like wrestling. Oh, you're kidding yeah. me. Really? I don't think anybody Would died. you stop? Um, Aaron, next up, we have good a video Lord. from our good buddy, Knucklehead. Chris. Chris. I was going to call him Chris. Chris Edwards, Restoration Edwards. Chris. That's That doesn't exactly have a ring it to it. It rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Chris squared, Edwards squared. You know, he is talking about a product from Retro Rewind, the old Amiga 600 or 1200 buffered IDE. Yeah. Listen, if you're going to get an IDE, you better make sure it's buffered. Otherwise, you get diseases. What in the... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Listen, these things, having buffering there, good. The speed increase, good. Chris goes over it. Uh, Chris uh, goes through and you know talks about what it is, where he got it, what it does. Uh, I watched this. He actually, Chris had a couple good videos out this week. Uh, again, in his own inimitable style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, you know, listen, if I I don't have one of these, I'll be honest with you. Why? I'm dumb. Is the reason I'm going to get me one. 
because I've seen two people talking about it now, and they were both gold. So what this does for the uninitiated is this is increases loading speeds from your IDE. Well, it right? just gives you a buffer in there. Yeah, it gives you so it it makes loading uh, better, it makes yeah. it seek better. You know, so it's just it's just better. Plus, you don't have to fool around with uh, you know. And they've mentioned this. I've got one of these things on mine. Like I don't know where it came from. Like I don't know how efficient it is. I mean, it does okay. But I mean, this one, you know it's good. That's, That's right. the thing. I'm not saying it because Frank's our guy. It's just you know it's good. He's mm -hmm. not going to give you crap. That's right. the advantage of, of getting it from him. And it's the same thing that Chris says here. Mm -hmm. So here, there he is holding up the box right there. Uh, but uh, yeah, good stuff. And he goes over the differences in speed and whatnot. It's good stuff, man. That's all you could say. That's right. Check out Chris's channel. He's got. He always has a couple videos up uh, during the week. And this week is no exception. He's, he's, he cranks them out, man. He does. He's a busy guy. Yeah, he is. All right, Aaron. And speaking of busy guys, let's talk a little bit about our other good friend, Doug, from Dynamic Computing. Oh, yeah. Whatever that is. This you're, you're is... find out what that means? It's words he made up. <laughs> it may be. This is his review of another product from Retro Rewind. We swear we're not chills for... Actually, that's not true. We totally are chills well, for... Well, yeah, but I mean, it's just the way it played out. It is. It is. This is the A630 Accelerator, Aaron. Yeah. Now, Aaron, I know you're a big accelerator guy. You no. can't get enough of these things. Well, it's funny. I, I had, I, in fact, I mentioned this the other day. I, I was listening to, to our good buddy Pixel Gaiden, and they were talking about this gimmick uh, that it, uh, there's a uh, A600 accelerator that Frank was going to be selling. I didn't know what they were talking about, and so lo and behold, here Doug pops up, and I asked Frank about it, and then lo and behold, uh, Doug pops up uh, and has one of these things. And it's another one of those gimmicks that hooks on top of the processor. Uh, but apparently this time around, they have done a better job with the coupling of the of the device to the actual board because that was a problem with the with previous accelerators that did that they would pop off. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, Doug mentions that if you would if you would look at the machine the wrong way, the thing would pop yeah, off. Yeah, hits and, you right in the eye. Yeah, like so, grapefruit juice. <laughs> well, it's under the keyboard, idiot. Oh. But the point of it is, the last thing you want to do is you screw with your Amiga is like barely touch it. I've had cars like that. Mm -hmm. If you did the wrong thing, it would stop or flood you or whatever. You still have a car like that. That's you don't have to you don't have to tell people. <laughs> but so uh, what you've got here is just a straight up accelerator board. I think these are it's called the A six thirty. I believe the fellow that does it's out of Poland. And uh, thank Frank. I tell you, if it's coming out of Poland, it's going to be gold because they 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 know what they're doing. Yeah, and, and it's. Uh, uh, it, uh, Frank's going to be uh, selling these. I don't know if they're currently available. I think, Frank, if you're in the chat, you can tell us if, you're, if these are out or coming out. I think if they're not out, they'll be out imminently. Mm. Uh, but, uh, uh, and it does a good job. Now, uh, someone mentioned in the chat there that one, the, the only thing it doesn't have on it is an FPU. That won't matter for most people, but if you're doing stuff with an accelerator, it's going to require a lot of computations. And, you know, you're talking like high-end graphics work and stuff like that, then not having FPU is a problem, mm -hmm. but for a lot, for most people, it won't be a problem at all. For sale on Monday. So there by the go. time you hear this, unless you're listening to this before Monday, it will be out. And uh, from what I've heard, they're going to be listed at a very inexpensive price. Yeah. There you go. Don't Just forget your promo code. Hide off the presses there from Frank himself. You'll be able to pick up one of these A630s on Monday. And just to get back to Doug's video, listen, Doug does what he always does. He sits down. He explains the benefits of this. He explains... Uh, why he likes it, what it does, how to install it, and then shows it in action. It works great, uh, and it fits nicely. You know, when you're fitting these chips with this board, 
these chips were never meant to do this, ever. No one fathomed this being a thing, mm -hmm. putting a J-lead socket over these mounted chips. It's madness, in all honesty. Coming mm -hmm. from somebody that worked in a, on PCBs, I was like, it's crazy. Right. And so it, you can see the difficulty in that interface, you know. Uh, it's also brilliant. It's a brilliant thing to do. It's amazing someone thought about it. And so there, it does have to be some meticulous work in making it so that thing, that, that thing hooks in properly. And I think they've got it this time. That's what, at least that's the way they, that's the way it's been told to me. That's the way the video uh, pitch that Frank told me they've got this one down. So hopefully any previous uh, issues that were having that thing pop off the other, other cards, not this one, are gone. Listen, you see this, the, you, obviously the Amiga is at the forefront in terms of, you know, hardware acceleration in, in technology. Yeah. I want to see stuff like this coming out for stuff like, you know, where's our Socrates or accelerator at? Well, that thing's load times are atrocious. <laughs> Give me something I can pop on the top of that bad boy. You know, we've already talked Frank into going into, into uh, doing cap work on consoles. Next, you can get your Socrates where yeah. you can start working on Make it on happen. Them. You can make it happen. As soon as Doug does a video on the Socrates, <laughs> then I'm sure that they'll, they'll, they'll jump right on to Chris Edwards. As far as I know, there's only one guy that's got a Socrates, and it's neither one of them. It's the only guy dumb enough to buy one. <laughs> well, you got a good deal on it. Oh, I got a, yeah, I got taken to school on that Socrates. Are you kidding me? All right, Aaron, our final Amiga News video of the week is a, this is sort of a new player in the scene. Listen. New to us, at least. Den of Wonder. You guys, you stooged me on this one, Aaron. Tell me well, all about it. Listen, I'm not going to take credit for this thing, because I was on Twitter and the fellow that ported over uh, Metal, Metal Gear, uh, uh, Hoffman, said, listen, this is the funniest thing I've seen. I'm like, wow, I, Hoffman's no, nobody sucker. That's right. So I hopped over to watch this video. This is from, what's the name? It's Den of... Den of Wonder. Den of Wonder. And this is a, a video on the uh, his, his A500 Mini D-Box. This is so funny. It is. It's so funny. And it, and I don't want to say irreverent, but it it does it's irreverent. Fun. It's irreverent. It's so funny, and so I thought to myself, "Who is this guy? I got to get on board because he's not he's he doesn't have a lot of subscribers." No, and I couldn't believe it. So I watched her watching his stuff. It's solid. <laughs> it's so good. Goal. Everybody needs to stop doing. Stop watching us. No, right no, now after the show. Oh, after the show, you did okay. this last week. Don't tell people to tune out. <laughs> Stay with us, but then go see this guy. Uh, but. Uh, He's got a bunch of videos, some of them, and the funny thing is, he hides educational videos under the guise of stupidity or, yes. or a wackiness. Mm -hmm. He's got one on how memory works. How the A500 probably. memory works, yeah. Probably. <laughs> he's, he's got one on the ZX. The one on the ZX Spectrum also, must watch, must watch. But I'm telling you, uh, uh, listen, I, we occasionally will stumble upon somebody. And I can tell you, this guy's going to be a huge deal. Mm -hmm. He's too funny to not get over. Yeah. He's going to get over big time. Hoffman was dead on. So if you do anything this week, check out. We can, It's funny. Three great videos here, mm -hmm. and they're all gold. Yeah. Uh, check out check out Chris Edwards. Check out Doug. And check out this guy. Uh, you will be amused. Den of Wonder. Yeah. That's a good one, Boat. Yeah. And that's going to do it for this week's Amiga News. Very good, Boat. What Robot do we have, voice. What do we have going on over on the community page, Aaron? Let's see what we've got here, Boat. So, a couple videos dropped this week. I'll let you talk about the first one, Boat, since we just... This one's hot off the presses, Boat. That's right. And I mean hot. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is myself and you 
And it's it's one of the old fashioned, old school Ask the Amigos. That's right. Folks. This came at the end of our five and a half hour podcast recording marathon, uh, in which I almost expired. Uh, and we, we wrapped things up with all the burning questions of our Discord community. If you want to find out what songs we want played from video games at our funeral, plus a bunch of other wacky questions, uh, feel free to pop on over and watch that. And if you're on our Discord channel, we're getting ready to do another one of these uh, at the end of the month. So head on over there and ask us a question on the Ask the Amigos channel. Let me tell you channel. something. I don't normally pitch the, the Twitch channel, because you can watch our videos on there too, the live ones. If you want to see something strange... It's not funny, but it's bizarre. It's to watch you wilt in like about a two... I went and did it. I was like, let's see what happens to Boat here. He's Jolly Boat. He's less Jolly Boat. He looks kind of irritated. <laughs> then he looks tired. Then he looks mad. And then he completely blanks out. <laughs> and he was up. He, he rose from this chair. Wide from your chair. He walked over there. You can't... Off camera. And he starts fiddling with something. Because it's 100 degrees here because Bo told me to turn off the AC. And I'm like, Bo, what are you doing? He's over there turning on the heater. I'm like, no, no, not the heat. <laughs> you, poor Bo. It was a rough day. It was a rough day. We had a good time, We though. did. That's we a, did. It's amazing that we got through that happily. I mean, I had yeah. a good time. At the end of the evening when we had the door open and the breeze was coming in, it was wonderful. It yeah. was wonderful. Anyway, check it out. Fetch a cup of tea. Uh, it, I thought it was pretty fun. Here's a little something. Yeah. Here's a little something something. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, people call ARG Presents the best show in the Amigos You table. know, one guy did that. You're never going to let it go. I love right? it. I agree. So, this week, we got it. We got tipped off to do uh, something called J2ME Games. I didn't know what those were. I found out they were Java phone games. Mm -hmm. I was appalled. <laughs> I was telling you I don't the remember. Show. Did you know anybody that played games on their phone? Not, like beside Nibbler? No Nibbler, one, don't count Nibbler. No one I knew had a really awesome cell phone. Yeah, I think nobody I knew did either. You because know? I definitely didn't know anybody that had a phone that could do something like that. So, when I heard about this, I told him before the show, I was like, I wanted to kill Pajaco. He'd hose me again. But let me tell you something. Pajaco knows his stuff. Because these J2ME games are solid gold. And there's so many of them. I mean, listen, there's probably 90% garbage. I don't know. But man, there's some in there that I couldn't believe how yeah. good they were. I loved this episode because Brent's game was good. Your game was great. Yeah. And just hearing you guys talk about it was the fact that these guys made $13 billion on that one yeah. game. That's crazy. There's Pajaka right now. I've been, I'm, I'm heaping praise on you. I apologize. So Brent played a game called Alpha Wing, and it's sort of early in this whole J2ME thing. But listen, I could not be denied. But I, I, you know, even early on, like the the graphics are still. I mean, they, it doesn't run as fast as like a Game Boy Advance, but there's a lot of colors yeah. on the screen and yeah. stuff. So, but listen, there's there's only one game you got yeah, to play. You true. got to play it, and that's Chuck Norris. Bring on the pain. Bring on the pain. He's not giving out the pain. He's not afraid <laughs> of pain. He wants the pain. Mm -hmm. It's a great game, boat. I really strongly suggest you play this when you get a chance. And you can go play it on your PC or on your phone. How did you get? How did you get along with the old Blue Stacks? I made it work. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that hard. Okay. It was a lot easier than, than like a lot of the emulation. I've I been haven't doing messed recently. around with that before. It's not that hard. So if you're into, even if you're not into these, or you're like, this sounds dumb, and you're all dumb. That's what I would have said. <laughs> J2ME. I'm telling you, don't sleep on these. This is like an. Un I'm going to do a stream on these sometime in the near future, and these are going to be gold. I, I'm telling you, I was real impressed. So if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, check that out. We had a lot of fun uh, doing that episode, and uh, God only knows what we're doing. I don't. I don't. Oh, we're doing N NES bootlegs on the next episode, mm -hmm. so that should be interesting. So let's hop over to our stream team account 
Uh, we did a few things over there as well that I want to talk about. Uh, we have a brand new episode that just came out, I think, two days ago. It's the very last episode of Amigathon 2021. I took everything that was left that I hadn't put up and put it into a video because you got people got to remember that on when we did that, uh, when we did that show, a lot of the stuff in it wasn't us; it was other people. So I didn't want to put their stuff in. So this is me and you and Brent, and I see Chad and some mm. other guys in the background milling around during this, and we just play a bunch of crazy stuff. And we and we ended up I I smashed it all into an hour and nine minutes. So if you want to see how the uh, Amigathon ended, this is it. Uh, next week I'm going to put up. I've only kept one segment. From Megathon, it was ours, and I'm going to put it out this against the Team Speaker regular segment. Oh, so that'll be something to look forward to. They play, we play City of Heroes. That was a late night thing. Right? That was. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun too. So uh, that's something to watch. Probably a lot of people haven't seen that. Uh, so there's that. Now it's not up yet, but uh, coming up here in about an hour, I will be releasing on the Amigos Stream Team channel uh, the stream I did last night where I play the Amiga Mini right here. You can see it in screen. Uh, I did a kind of a off-the-cuff stream about nine o'clock last night, where I it's the first time I'd ever turned the thing on, both, and uh, fired it up and played some games with it and streamed them and had you know we figured out how it worked, stuff like that. Mm. So you know, eh, it was uh, it was fun. I mean, actually, I, I have to say I enjoyed the uh, the mini. All right, uh, for the most part. So that's what you've got on the video, both. All right. Well, before you leave this scene, Aaron. No, too late. <laughs> Before you leave this scene, <laughs> yes. why don't you head on over to BoatFest.info. Got it. Okay. I want to tell you guys a little something called BoatFest. I've okay? heard of this thing, Boat. BoatFest is where you can live your dream. It's... Wow. <laughs> what the <laughs> Keep going. Okay. Get ready for this. BoatFest is the annual retro computing festival hosted by me, you, and the Brent. And it's going to feature 30 computers, consoles, a virtual pinball machine, all set up and ready for gaming. There's going to be live recordings of all of the Amigos podcasts and Rob Flacco Harris Sprite Castle. There's going to be live repair sessions from RetroRewind.ca. Frank is coming. He's bringing the whole Canadian contingent with him. L. Curtis Boyle. Oh, hail. Jason Warns is awesome. going to be there. Oh, slightly hail. That's right. There's going to be trivia. There's going to be giveaways. There's going to be karaoke. This is going to be an event that you do not want to miss. Okay? The whole weekend's festivities, $25, gets you in the door, gets you access. Like I said, 30-plus classic computers. Give us a couple computers and consoles that are going to be there, Aaron. Socrates. Socrates is there. <laughs> Atari 2600. Bam. Atari uh, 800, Atari 400, uh, uh, the uh, Commodore 64. The Odyssey <laughs> 2 is going to be there. The Vectrex is going to be there. Spectrum Plus 2. Spectrum. There's going to be an Amstrad. There's going to be an Apple II GS. Weird Mac. Weird Mac is going to be there. Guys, you're not going to want to miss this chance to play all of these systems all in one place with all of your favorite people. Okay? What? <laughs> what a... We're really putting us over, Well, you, you might need to bring your favorite people. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Okay? Get them to buy tickets to this. So, the doors are going to open. I think it might say starts at 4 o'clock. Screw that noise. This thing's going to open at noon on Friday, it June is? 24th. Heck yeah, it is. <laughs> and we're going to kick things off with an Amiga game tournament. At 2, at 3 is the Specky game tournament. At 4 is the Coco game tournament. 
5 o'clock is Amigos Live. The list goes on all the way through. In the nighttime, there's going to be an ST game tournament, an Atari 8-bit game tournament. At midnight, the doors are going to close. Then Saturday, it all starts again. 10 o'clock Saturday morning, ARG Presents Live. Okay? Then there's going to be the great retro computing pub quiz, Aaron. Oh, man. Yeah. R. Sinclair's live. The Coco Show's live. Sprite Castle's live. Then it's going to be karaoke with Mixmaster Aaron. Wicka, wicka, whoop! There's going to be a door prize drawing all through the weekend. Door prize drawings. Then there's going to be a swap meet free-for-all gaming and trading. Four hours of that, Aaron. Then on Sunday morning after the teardown... Aaron's going to lead all of us in the steps of the Mothman. Well, yeah. That's right. That we're going on there. tour. Everywhere that you've ever wanted to go in West Virginia, we're going. Biscuit Snowshoe, World. Snowshoe. We're going Snowshoe. to Martin's Ferry. <laughs> we're going everywhere. That's Harper's Ferry, you idiot. But I don't, I, you think I know anything about this No, state? I know you don't. Because that's just like seven, eight, ten hours away. I was not a golden horseshoe. No, winner. you were not. No. You're a golden horse is something. <laughs> we also, so, before you... Cut out though. Let's also mention we're gonna have the TSI crew. We'll oh yeah, in full effect. We're gonna have a big chunk of the TSI. I know that there. lots of our listeners listen and watch the TSI crew every single week, but they don't know their faces because they don't they they like to keep that sort of thing under wraps on TSI. If you've ever wondered what Spartan looks like, he's gonna be there. If yeah. you ever wondered what TSI Matt looks like, he's gonna be yeah. there. Yeah. So guys, this is the time. This is the moment boatfest.info get your tickets right now they're going fast there's limited numbers available and once they're gone they're gone yeah boy nice pitch boat while we're pitching if i may switch scenes uh let's talk about a a more immediate coal miners lounge definitely mitsuyama uh tomorrow as we record this uh for you live and it'll be released in time that's uh saturday the 30th i believe it will go down you know, in this man's basement. That's right. <laughs> Sounds creepy, but it's not. It's going to be Taze Valley Classic Computer Club, the three C's. And we're going to have a jam-packed, hanging from the rafters uh, event, including some uh, world... I mean, the first time you've ever seen this stuff. I've got one of the few of these Coleco Adams food that there have ever been made. That's we're, right. We're going to try to get it to work. We're going to try to get this brand new uh, a- a- Apple II GS to work. I'll probably bring this bad boy over. I, and we're, we're bringing the Mac Daddy, too. It's going to be here. We're going to bring that. I'm putting it back on the table. We're not going to let Boat take this apart. I can tell you I that. I got a Mac he, cracker ready to he's go. He's already trashed my other Mac. Look at this. It opens on the side. Oh, man. I just broke it. Oh, would you Sorry. stop fiddling with stuff? Put the that Mac's down. The Mac's going away. Idiot. Anyway, that's uh, Taste by Classic Computer Club. And one more uh, item uh, on the docket, Boat, if I can uh, get into it. Uh, and I want to pitch this because we haven't announced it on the show yet, despite the fact that we announced it a, a few weeks ago. Uh, International Computer Club is coming back, mm. uh, Boat. In fact, I'm trying to get the date here. Uh, it's coming back in May, and we have uh, room available for on sign-ups. The sign-up sheet's up, Boat, uh, right now. Uh, and we have announced this thing here for... Oh, yeah, here it is. Saturday, May 24th at 4.30. Yes. You got May 21st. What did I say? May 21st at 4.30. I'm going to say that one more time. Uh, We've got uh, uh, a fun time schedule. If you've ever been to one of these classic computer clubs, uh, the International Computer Club, already scheduled. We've got four people. We've got Frank from uh, Retro Rewind, David Z, Mm -hmm. the ever-present David Z. He's never missed one. Uh, Flack. And look at this boat. This just in. I I can't believe it. 
for the first time, Mitsuyama has signed That's up to right. do a presentation. That's right. You know, usually the SBs stand for the Sackville Bagginses. Okay. But when it comes to Mitz, his nickname, SB, he's in there. He's ready to go. Okay. I don't know what any of that meant. It's his initials. SB? Yeah, the SB. Where's M go into that? His Mits- real name is not Mitsuyama? Well, it's like Mitsuyama SB. Oh, I got it. Yeah. Anyway, that'll be cool. It uh, should be a lot of fun. Listen, we run this thing on Discord. So, uh, if you are a member of our Discord and you want to sign up for this event, just go to the International Computer Club section, open up the Google form, sign up. That's and it. We'll, and That's we'll take anything you want to do. If you're a vendor, cool. If you've got a uh, demonstration, that's great. If you want to talk about programming tips, that's fine. If you want to show off your collection, if you want to talk about book reviews, video game reviews, console mods, whatever you got, that's it's good to go. If you are not a member of the Discord but are interested in it, uh, please send me a message either via Discord or you can also send me a message at argpresents at mail.com and I will get to you to tweet. Uh, it should be a lot of fun, Boat. I think that's all we've got, Nick. We want to get those out because we keep forgetting. That's right. We're not very good at our jobs, though. <laughs> all right, Aaron. Well, it's time to talk about last week's Patreon song. Oh challenge. man. Oh. Okay. So uh, last week it was "Come As You Are" by Nirvana. Yeah. And uh, lots of lots of winners. Barkbit, Pixels at Dawn, Mr. Chip, Jason Warrens, and Bernard Lucas mm. all got the correct very answer good. there. Yeah. If you know the answer to this week's Patreon song challenge, please send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com and I will announce you as a winner next time on the air. Uh, if you are in the chat and you know it, please keep it to yourself and email it to me. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Our typer bum face poo hands. Chris Edwards petzel alarm albuquin. We like what we like, Mr. Chip. Peter Price, Herman V. Wanderly Chesham, Mark Richardson, Havid, Hearn Ramokay, David Terrace, Jude Carlos Matthew, Mobius the Phantom Magnus, Seth Yates, Alice Dufine, David Z, George Rosansky, The Amiga Show, Daniel Crabtee, Super Family King, Crazy Loomis, William Bintuscar, Heavy Systems Inc. Bondi, Fraglord, Mark Balindolaf, Alien Breeder, David Lasser, Raptor, Cowboy Boy, Leighton, Daniel Williams, Lucas and Bomb, the Bass, Frodo, and Elsol Incisor, Deck Mage, Jorgen, Mr. Cola, Bernard, Lucas, Jerry, Dennington, Zorglub Reflection! Salmon Dave, Captain Crisby, Killer Bots and Captain Gary Head the Freeland, Gail Bots, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Obsterminator, Timid and Amiga Retrocast, Bernard Quinn, RMC, Tim Drew, Joseph Harrison, Caletto, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig, Sean Zobach, Bill Rollenberg, Andrew Monk, Joe the Zombie, Dave Kellan, Alan Kebab, Chick O'Tay, 
Mm, Level Lord, John Marshall, Matthew <laughs> Perron, Ricky DeRosa, Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy City Z, The Slow Norris, Stefan Sorgar, Borton Sud, Evan Helland, Christopher Hassel, Chris Foles, Lauren Giroux, Graham Webke, Adam Batters, B. O'Brien's Retro Vintage, Gary Hucker, Paul Harrington, Tucker Star Steps with the Crip, Josh Nan, and Jadler, Jonas Rulo, THG, Eric Nelson, Daniel Binks, the Brutal Barracuda, Jaren Coles, Jason Warren's Pixels of Dawn, and Kjolbjorn Barman. Man, it's I know what that was. And I am appalled. Listen, did you see my air bass solo? Uh, is that what that was? Yeah. I thought your arthritis was kicking in. No. Was, you were doing some of this it's stuff. It's my air bass. Look, they get ready to like Barry Von Raschke. You're going to put on a claw. Did you ever see an air bud? No. God, no. Oh. The dog movie? Yeah. Did you? No. <laughs> You're an idiot. All that right. That was dreadful. That was the worst you've done in weeks. Horrible. And, and of course. We need your band to get back together quick. That's what are y'all doing over that's there, true. ex-copy? For God's sakes, what's your other band called? June bugs. Get the plea. I'm begging you. Anything. <laughs> All right. Next up. Next up, Aaron. It's our Twitch subscribers. You All know, right. We love our Twitch subscribers because. Because you don't sing their names. That's why I love them. <laughs> well, Thank I God. love them because they join us live every Friday night around five o'clock. And uh, of course, we want to retro. We want to recognize those guys. And if you want to watch us live, you're welcome to join us. Twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. Just like Real Retro Dude, Pixel Rageous, Darkwing602, Steve Burtz, Negsol, RetroRewind.ca, Great Algae, Buck Owens, Da Crabs MTG, Christian Russell, Blue Train, Retro Jerry, Twilight Zoner, Rushi MSX, Still Adolescing, Luminate 08, Uber Scuba Diver, Grizzla, Monzimus, Duncan Styles, Level Lord, Amiga Live, Explorer, Back to 8 Bit with Hermski, John Marshall 3, Amigos Retro Gaming, hey, that's us. Canadian Retro Things. We sponsor ourselves. We do. Beach Bum 7, <laughs> Wide World of Retro, Scumboy, Match Pie, Orom, Repwald, Wing Chun Wolf, Mitsuyama, The Mr. Chip, Frodo NL, Oil of Hope, Barkbit, Ami Steph, Blow Jellyfish, and Eeyore 4077. Very good. Hey, Woo! You know, I want to mention, I'm trying to think of what it was. Uh, I just watched it because you mentioned his name, and I'm like, you know, I, want, I remember I wanted to put this over, and I totally forgot. Uh, it was back to 8-Bit with Hermski, our good buddy Hermski. Yeah, the Terminator. Uh, we mentioned last week he hit 300, which is great. Uh, if you don't check out his stuff, uh, Hermski, he occasionally he'll stick something up on our channel, but he's got his own channel that's really good here. And he looked at Chopper Defense, uh, which is a new uh, Spectrum game. That's what I was watching this week. So if you're in this, your specky, your old school stuff, Her Hermski also goes and plays the old... Uh, tape games, mm -hmm. the old uh, adventure games, yeah, text type games. in games, yeah. Give him a look, you know that because he he does a lot of good stuff. I want to you, you you jogged my memory there. Good, you I'm jogged it a bunch, it. really. <laughs> you jogged my spleen too. All right, Aaron. Well, guess what? Your spleen's in for a shot because we're about to announce <laughs> next week's game. You already know it. I didn't know it hurt you deep inside. <laughs> Bam! It's Ishar. That's it. Ishar, Jim of the North. Is that what that says, Jen? Looks like Jim to the fourth. Yeah, I think that's what it who, says. Who thought that was a good font for your box? Listen, the font may not be good, but the game's guaranteed to be even worse. Because it's Dungeon Crawler Omania, Aaron. 
I was reading about this in the yeah. old uh, the old game selection committee chat. Uh huh. And uh, this is going to be one for the ages for sure. Listen, Zooperder says it's top shelf. Yeah, yeah. Listen, this is one of those double fisted bourbon sort of weeks, boat. Legend of the Fortress. That's the, it. Uh, boy. It's a- <laughs> well, you know, apart from the, the the font, the box art is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It looks pretty there. Yeah. But you know there's a bunch of diabolical crap behind that door. Oh, yeah. And, and you know that's where to get it goes down. And take your picture. So. <laughs> I don't know what that means. We're going to, Aaron, to play some Ishar. So please, if you are a member of our Discord community, play it as well. Leave us a, a review it. on the uh, Discord, on our Game of the Week uh, channel on there, and we'll read it on the air. Yeah. If you'd like to support us. Patreon.com slash Amigos Retro Gaming. You get access to our Discord channel uh, where all of the coolest people in the Amiga scene hang out, including RJ Michael, Dave Haney, Steve Jobs, um, Steve Abraham Jobs Lincoln. Is in there. They're all Abe there. Abe Lincoln's yeah, in there. Yeah, they're all there in the Discord. They don't talk too much, but they're there. Trust if you me. Think, if Abe Lincoln played a classic computer, which one do you think he would gravitate towards? Socrates. Why, why that one? Think about it. That's not really a computer. It's, it's a the console. Mo- it's the most patriotic. What if it was a computer, not a console? Where would you put him? Odyssey I two. see Abe as a as a uh, an Odyssey two is not a computer either. It's got a keyboard. That doesn't mean anything. You, I said computer. Can you give me this one? This is Abe Lincoln. He freed the slaves. What computer would he use? I don't know. I think it'd be. I think it'd be, it'd be a Spectrum. The Spectrum. I think it's a Spectrum. He'd go. Guy. He'd go British. He'd go. Continental I think he had it in his hat. Oh yeah, yeah we well, could put it. That is the that is the main advantage of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Keep it in your hat. Now you got it. All right, Aaron. Thank you as always, everyone, for joining us. We are going to say good night, and until next time, keep playing your Amiga. We'll see you next time. Adios. Adios.